That was powerful. Praise the Lord for that. All right. If your chains are gone, you should be praising the Lord right now. You say, well, I've heard that song before, Pastor. I don't know. I don't care. Oh, man, alive. That was great. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, they'll come in, and uh, they're practicing the music, and I'll be in my office studying, and I'll hear them singing. I just got to get away from my desk, come in here and sit in the back. Uh, Brother Andy and I were sitting back there praising the Lord this morning. Uh, just good. All right. Matthew chapter 6, and here as we look at this passage, and uh, as Brother Brother Franklin said, I'm going to be redundant. Uh, I thought, redundant? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, very familiar passage, but not a passage that everybody grabs a hold of. You know, just because we know something doesn't mean we know something. I mean, academically, how many of you knew you should have saved when you were a teenager? <laughs> All right. Uh, but, but we know it now. We, we knew we were supposed to then, but really we know it now. And the same thing with this passage of Scripture. There is so much to grab a hold of here. Matthew chapter 9 or 6 verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Treasure. Now, when, when we use the word treasure, what is it that comes to your mind? You know, there are different words, and, and as we hear words, they, they have an association. They have something that we connect with. And maybe uh, when you think of treasure, uh, maybe like me, I imagine a piece of parchment paper that's burned on the edges and it's got drawings all over it, and it's got an X on it. Anybody else envision that uh, when you think about treasure? Uh, a treasure map. Maybe it's a chest that you're, you open up, and inside it, it is filled with rubies and emeralds and uh, just strings of pearls and Spanish coins, gold coins. And maybe that is your idea of treasure. Maybe your idea of treasure is a bank account or a portfolio that has stocks and bonds and CDs and dollars tied to all of it. And in your mind, that's what you envision with that. Maybe it's the possession of houses or estates or maybe it is some dream house. It has a big wraparound porch and white pillars and yeah, is that yeah? And, and so uh, anyway, uh, I don't know what that that word treasure represents to you, but here when God talks about treasure, we find that there are uses for that treasure. The treasure that we have, and, and let's 
let's set this as a, as a groundwork. No matter where you are at financially, if you're an American living here in America, you are wealthy. You say, well, I don't have money in the bank. You don't have a big house or car. The, the wealth that we have as Americans, we are blessed beyond measure. We look around the world. This year we're going to have a, a fundraiser for the school and uh, the fundraiser is tied around a missions theme with the fundraiser. And we are uh, going to be putting together uh, 10,000 meals here on campus to send to Haiti. 10,000 meals. And we're going to send them to Haiti. You know, if we were born there instead of here, we would depend on some American to send some money just so they could feed themselves for that day. Not multiple times a day, but just for that day. We are, we are just so blessed. Uh, God has been good to us for sure. But whatever it is, when we think about that, that word, uh, it, 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 that treasure, that wealth, if you would, uh, and there is nothing wrong with any of those things that I just stated. I mean, if you found a, a, che a treasure chest that had uh, uh, gold Spanish coins and uh, all of that, there is nothing wrong with that. Somewhere in our cancel culture, this woke culture, those that have wealth uh, are supposed to feel bad about it. It's like they have to apologize for being successful. That is not a reality. And their being blessed does not mean that they owe you or me or anybody else. Amen. Don't get, that, don't get that mixed up. Just because somebody has more than what we have does not mean that they owe me or that they have, they have been dishonest and they have robbed me from what should have been mine. That's not a reality. Uh, that has stolen away the desire for people to work and become successful. Everybody, they are trying to make victims out of everybody. And we are not victims. And we shouldn't be setting ourselves up to be a victim. My mom, when she was raising us kids by herself, uh, I, remember, uh, I remember having a rope for a belt. But my mom never told us that we were poor. And we weren't poor. We had food. But in American standards, we did not have what many had. And, uh, and uh, so, so there were some times where I, I remember having that. And I, I remember things that maybe some of our, our neighbors would have that we did not have. But I never knew that I didn't have. Because my, my mom didn't ever tell me that we didn't have. I just thought everybody ate like we ate. I thought everybody had what we had. It was just, it was just life. You know, parents, don't, don't uh, put that weight on your kids. Don't put a financial burden on them. They're, it's not theirs to carry. 
And so here we think about this when we look at this passage of Scripture. Unfortunately, many people look at Matthew 6 and they read verse 19 and it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures. And they think that that means that you are not supposed to have wealth. And if he stopped right there, that would be the case. But he didn't. You see, stewardship really does revolve around what we possess. What we possess as a person in our talents, what we possess in our opportunities of our time, and what we possess with our our wealth or our resources that God gives to us. Uh, And here uh, he said, uh, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. So it has nothing to do with the accumulation of wealth that has everything to do with why you have that wealth. This morning, I'm going to speak to you on the subject, the why of wealth, the why of money. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Use uh, this, uh, this time to be a help uh, Lord, to these people, Lord, I love them, and, and I want your blessings to be in their life. I want them to experience uh, living a life of faith and seeing you work in their lives, and I pray that you would help all of us uh, to grow. I pray that if we've had some uh, wrong uh, ideologies, that uh, we would look at Scripture and reset those this morning, and so uh, grow us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So the why here uh, of this thing uh, called money or wealth, uh, and when we look at Matthew chapter 25, and we were there last week, what do we find? We find that God, as a steward, so the Lord here uh, was, uh, he gives a parable, uh, and as this parable goes on, he tells how the master is going to give talents to his servants when he goes on a long journey. He gives one five, he gives another three, he gives another one, and then he makes the statement, everyone according to his several ability. That means that everyone has a different ability or competency with resources. Isn't that right? Now, my kids growing up, uh, we, we, had, uh, we had a budget for our kids. And uh, from, from littlest all the way on, uh, there was a budget. And with that budget, it was the first 10% of anything that they got went to the Lord, the tithe. We were going to teach our kids. We, we did not want to just give them an offering to give God. Uh, I will not give to the Lord that which doth cost me nothing. And teaching them, uh, we have to teach them that, that when we are giving to the Lord, it has to come from us. And when they were real little, uh, then, of course, we gave them offering because we want, wanted them to have a habit of giving. But as soon as they were able to start to understand, we wanted them to learn about this thing called giving. And so the 10% was theirs. Then uh, was the Lord. So 10% went to the Lord. 60% went to the bank. He said, well, pastor, what if they got money for their birthday? 
10% went to the Lord. 60% went to the bank. 30% was what they got to spend. He said, well, they couldn't get very much for 30%. Nope. You know what that taught them? Is that they had to save if they wanted to buy something of value. Because they could save their 30%. They couldn't touch the 60%. Now, all my kids own their own house. They work. In their 20s. I mean, it was something that helped them. And they have enjoyed blessings, and they are, I believe, all givers as well. But my youngest, Jonathan, he couldn't save. I'm telling you, if he had 30 cents in his pocket, he was figuring out a way to spend 30 cents. Anybody else like that? All right, uh, that, was, that was Jonathan, and he'd get something, and it's like, okay, buddy, we go to the store, uh, he'd go into the dollar store, and he just had to spend something, and he was just, it was just consumed with it. It was like, I got, I got to spend this, and I want to get this, and it was like, buddy, if you buy this right here, it's cheap. It's going to break, and you're not going to be able to, uh, to play with it very long, and it was tears after tears after tears, because he would buy some piece of junk, and it would break before we even got home, and it went right in the garbage can. And, uh, but over the years, what happened was he learned about this thing called money. You know, with this treasure, with this wealth, if we learn how to use what we have, we will have more. No, pastor, you're talking about giving. I am, but stewardship is not just about giving. Stewardship is also about saving. And the saving side of stewardship, just some, somebody this week, Brother Franklin mentioned it earlier, uh, one, of, uh, one of the members shared a, a great testimony, and I'm not going to uh, spill it because I'm, I might try to get them to share it, uh, but it was just phenomenal on what God had done in their life to see they prove God. It's one thing if somebody else gets up and says it. It's one thing the pastor gets up and says it. Something else, Brother Franklin gets up and says it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it works for them, whatever. Uh, but when it works for you, I'm telling you, it changes everything. And here what we find is God is not against wealth. You know, as your pastor, I want you to succeed. I want you to succeed in your marriage. I want you to succeed with your child rearing. I want you to succeed in your career. I want you to succeed in your, in your saving, in your retirement. Uh, why? Because as you are blessed and you get to enjoy the blessings of God, you will then be empowered to be able to be a blessing to others. And it is so amazing to be able to bless 
other people and to follow what the Lord has for us. So uh, we see here that uh, in Matthew 25, we saw these talents uh, and how the first one uh, was given five talents and uh, it came back 100%. They doubled it and it comes back and now they've got 10. Uh, the one that had three, uh, they, they, were, they took and they invested and they had three more. They doubled it uh, and both of those were commended. Why? Because uh, they were good and faithful servants. Well, let's, let's put that in our perspective. What are we doing with what God has given us? How many of you want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Okay, stewardship, God wants you to do something with it. The person who took what God gave them and buried it, they didn't lose it, but they didn't grow it. God said, thou wicked and slothful servant. So, pastor, is it all about money? No, it's not all about money. But money is a part of it. It's a part of the life that we live, the world that we live in, and the opportunities that we will have or that we will not have. And if we are a good steward, we will have many opportunities. Well, they get to do this. It was because they were a good steward. Well, they just, everything's just lucky for them. It's, it's amazing how people that look at somebody else who has worked and labored and uh, made good decisions and was a good steward, they look at him like everything came easy. And that's not the case. So here we see this, the talents and the resources uh, that were used. Uh, but but the one that uh, the the one that did not uh, did not uh, uh, grow it, uh, they, there was a condemnation. So two were commended, one was condemned. And so here, when we look at this, uh, this why of money, the why of wealth. Jim Elliot, he was a missionary in the fifties, and he was going to the the uh, Aka Indians uh, in Ecuador, and uh, his desire uh, was to. To, to go and to share the gospel with these people. Well, these were savage people. The term Aka literally meant in the native tongue, savage. And as Jim Elliott was preparing and a team of missionaries were going, uh, he was confronted uh, by, uh, by people about why he would go to such a terrible place. He was a very eloquent man. He was a very successful young, um, young man, and uh, he was, people started coming at him and telling him that it was foolish for him to waste his energy on the mission field. And Jim Elliott said this, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, in the Christian life, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. You know, we've all heard the statement that you can't take it with you. 
We can't take it with us. To gain what we cannot lose. You know what? What we do for the Lord, nobody can take away from us. And so here, when we look at this, this the why of money, the why of wealth, uh, Matthew chapter 6, he said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. So the Lord here is not stating, he is not against uh, laying up treasures on earth. He says, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where three thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so that means that, that right now there is a way for us present tense, uh, here in this temporal world to lay up treasures for eternity. So what he is saying is that it's not just, it's not wrong to lay up wealth here. He didn't say it's wrong to do that. He's just saying it's a bad investment. You can lay up treasures down here and it might make life easier. It might bring some pleasures to us in life, but it's a bad investment. Why? Because moth and rust doth corrupt, and thieves break through and steal. And if it survives all of that, it is not going to survive the fire and judgment uh, that the Lord is going to bring on this earth. Uh, it's going to pass away. Uh, all things down here are going to pass away. Uh, but what we put a, send ahead before us, that is not going to pass away. But in Matthew chapter 6, we see that uh, there are two treasuries that are, that are listed. Uh, there are two perspectives. There are two masters. And there are two ideologies. And, and uh, Randy Alcorn states that each of these two options uh, demand a decision. And with each of these, as we look at them, we have to make a decision about where we are going to stand on these. And so uh, the why of wealth, Uh, number one, the kingdom. Number one, the kingdom. I am looking at the clock back there. Uh, The kingdom. Wealth is for kingdom use. Amen. Wealth is for kingdom use. For the believer, what we have uh, needs to be used for the kingdom of God. The ultimate reason to get gain or to gain wealth is to be able to further the kingdom of God. It is not about us having the most toys. It is not about us having the biggest bank account. It is not about us having what we think is the most security. Uh, What it is about, it's not even about us paying our own bills. It is about kingdom. That is why uh, we uh, should lay up uh, treasures. Uh, We should gain wealth. Why? So we can use it for the kingdom of God. This admonition uh, against wealth is only against the wealth that's used for temporal pleasures. It's going to pass away. He said in verse 20, but lay up or invest, use the wealth now for that which will last for eternity. You know, it is not a sacrifice to to invest in the kingdom of God. It's not a sacrifice. He said, well, pastor, I'm taking from what I have to give. How is that not a sacrifice? It's not a sacrifice because what we are investing is going to give us a better return. If, if this morning I, I reached in my wallet and I was going to get a $100 bill, 
Well, Franklin, do you have a $100 bill? Okay. All right. And I pull out a $20 bill, and I, and I tell you, okay, uh, I, will, I will give you uh, four. If you give me a $20 bill uh, this morning, that I will give you a $100 bill tonight. How many would take me up on that? Absolutely. Uh, so just see Brother Franklin after the service, all right? Uh, and so, uh, and we would think, that was, that was not a sacrifice. Why? Because I'm going to get more than what I just gave. Let me tell you, God is a better God. He is more trustworthy. Well, Pastor, if you told me, I would feel like it's guaranteed. Let me tell you, if God tells you, it's guaranteed. I can fail. He cannot. And he said, if you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven... You're going to receive them. So here we, we look at the giving. He said, you are giving now, uh, and it is for kingdom use. But that giving for kingdom use is going to result in the reality that you are going to gain so much more. Uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 13, we're not going to go there for time's sake. Uh, we have a man that finds a treasure in a field. What's he do? He goes home. He sells everything. He gets all of his money to go and buy that field. Was it a sacrifice? Talk to me. No. It was no sacrifice because he knew what was in the field. It was complete. He was convinced that when he sold everything, he bought that field, now that possession was his. Same chapter. Find a pearl of great price. Got to sell everything we have to get that pearl of great price. The great value is there. What I have does not compare. And what I am going to give so I could uh, gain this great valuable pearl, it's not a sacrifice because I am gaining. Let me tell you something. Everything we give for the kingdom is not a sacrifice. It is because we are going to be the ones that benefit uh, from that. Uh, Matthew 13 is where we see that in verse 44 and verse 45 uh, about the, uh, these. So uh, investing in the temporal is just a bad investment. Sending missionaries around the world to share the gospel, let me tell you something. Uh, that missions dollars, those missions uh, uh, monies and dollars that you put in the offering plate, let me tell you something. That is, not, that is not a loss. That is not a sacrifice. That is not a loss in your life. That is a win. Well, why? Because you are laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven, opening a shelter or a feeding center, a recovery a home. Uh, those, those opportunities to be able to reach people with the gospel, that is not a loss. That is an opportunity. Uh, there is benefit. Buildings that will be used for uh, church and Christian education and discipleship uh, for the, the salvation of those that are going to come. The people that sacrificed to buy this five acres uh, before any of us uh, were here, uh, except for Mrs. Cole, but she's, oh, there she is. Uh, uh, everybody else, they're gone, but we're still reaping the benefits of that. Oh, why? People have been saved. And many of those people that sacrificed uh, and gave, uh, they're in heaven. And you know what they're getting? They're getting rewards. 
So it's for kingdom, number one. Number two, it's for the cause. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, every one of us needs something to live for. Something to get you out of bed. Something to cause you to live outside yourself. I don't want to be on a hamster wheel. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to live my life in such a way that I'm making a difference. And let me tell you something, child of God, as you live and as you serve and as you work and as you say, uh, what you will find is that you have something worth living for. Your job is not just a job. It's an opportunity for you to serve God right there where you are. It's an opportunity for you to gain uh, wealth. It is there. It's an opportunity for you now to, to grow in the area of stewardship. Why should we be good stewards? Why should we invest? Why should we work? Why should we save? So we can have a cause worth living for. Amen. Amen. Number three, I want you to see, it's for the kingdom, it's for the cause, it's also, thirdly, for the crown. Blessings. God is a good God. He's good. Over and over and over again. As Brother Franklin said, it does not pencil out. I cannot look at our W-2 from last year and look at our giving statement and figure out how did that happen. You can see I did not lose any meals. All of our needs are cared for. God's so good. And there are blessings that are here, but there are blessings that are waiting for us. When we get to heaven. Matthew 6, 25, he said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? You see, it's the here and now, but it's also the by and by. The eternal rewards. Treasures in heaven. Laying up treasure, a life lived, a life surrendered to glorifying God. It's tied up with our giving. It's tied up with our going. Taking what we know about who Christ is and sharing him with the world. And it's about us growing. It's about us growing me and mine and those that I have an opportunity to influence and to bring them along knowing the Lord as well. So we see here uh, the, the why of wealth or the why of money. Number one, the kingdom. Number two, the cause. Number three, the crown. Lastly, and I'm going to deal with this tonight, number, th number four, the kids. The kids. Go to Proverbs chapter number 13. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, the Bible says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. 
and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I've, had, I've heard people tell me, well, pastor, that's talking about a spiritual inheritance. Then why did he mention the wealth of the wicked? This is not an, a spiritual inheritance. Well, I've taught my kids. Well, praise the Lord for that, but that's your, that's your responsibility to teach your kids. But here he says, a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Now, are we New Testament or Old Testament? No, here in this passage, Old Testament. So here in Proverbs, do you think that they, they had a trust fund that they set up and skipped the kids to get to the grandkids? No. What it is talking about is generational wealth. And I'm going to deal with that tonight. You see, what it was, was a good man was going to leave enough an inheritance to his children that it would pass on to the third generation. And now the second generation is going to be doing the same. You know, as Americans, we are so... We have such a wrong philosophy of money. We think that it's earn it, spend it, earn it, spend it, earn it, spend it. And everybody starts off at ground zero. You know, Christian, your kids should not start off where you started off. Abraham's children were rich. Right? Why? Because Abraham was a good steward of the blessings of God. And Abraham left not just an inheritance to his kids, but it was an inheritance that was continued generationally. It wasn't just a here, mine, now, gone. There, there is a, we should be changing the trajectory of our family tree. Dave Ramsey talks about it. The ability, and I'm not talking about just making it easier on our kids so our kids can just be foolish. Part of an inheritance, there should be teaching about how to take care of it and how to use it for God's glory. Why? Because it is a stewarding what God has given and continuing that stewardship so they know how to handle it, so they can continue that. Now, think about the believers. Think about the condition that Bible Baptist Church would be in if all of our grandparents would have followed biblical principles. Think about what we could do for the kingdom. You know, God's kingdom keeps getting hampered because God's people misspend God's money. Well, it's mine. Yep. Well, it's God's really, but we're going to spend it how we want to spend it. We're all guilty. But the reality is, what do we see? We see that we... If the Lord tarries his coming, we should be setting up the next generation for being able to do greater than we have ever dreamed to do. It shouldn't be that they have to keep starting over. I want my kids to start on my shoulders. 
I don't want them to start where I started. Well, it was, I had to work hard, pick myself up with my bootstraps, whatever. We have all been blessed beyond measure, but I want my kids to be able to take, I don't want them to make foolish decisions. I'm not saying make it easy on them so they don't work. I'm talking about stewardship that has taught them how to handle resources. But if you don't handle resources properly, then how are they going to know how to? If you don't steward them well, then how are they going to know how to? You see, God's kingdom needs to continue moving forward. And we have a great opportunity the why of wealth. And that inheritance is part of it. And I'm going to be dealing with generational wealth tonight. So don't come back. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us now. You know the needs of each person here today. And I do pray that you would help us, Lord, to have an understanding uh, of what your word truly says, not just what we want it to say. And then I pray that you would help us to take what we know and have learned and apply it. And Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray today, Lord, that they would accept you and you would be, uh, become their heavenly Father and Jesus would become their Savior. And so I pray that you'd work now. Lord, I don't know what the needs are of each person. I don't know what uh, you put your finger on in their life, but I do pray that you would help us to be responsive to it. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Heads bowed.